Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that supports Muslim women in tech through storytelling and sisterhood. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories and the lessons they learned. I hope you enjoy the show. Today we have Zakia. She is a award-winning character artist who creates characters and concepts for the game industry. She draws inspiration from her culture, experiences, and curiosity in order to make impactful work. She's committed to improving ethnic diversity in the games industry and recently served as a judge for BAFTA's Young Game Designer Awards. We are so excited to welcome you as our latest Texas sisters. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. Amazing. So how about we start with how did you first get into this field? So actually, it's a very interesting story because originally I was actually studying to become a pharmacist. So I've always had a passion and a true love for art and um, all things creative growing up. But I felt a pressure, a a kind of a social or cultural pressure to kind of go into a more scientific field. Although I did have an interest in science as well. And I uh, specifically within science, things like uh, human biology really interested me and um, just how things functioned and worked. Um, But I almost felt uh, as though it was kind of difficult to kind of pursue both at the same time. And that's kind of where I reached a point when I was studying biomedical science. And I was kind of um, in the point where I was deciding whether to transition into pharmacy. Uh, that I realized actually I really do love art and that's the thing I see myself doing for the rest of my life. Um, and that's where I decided to actually take the big giant risk, which uh, not many people do, which is to drop out and to pursue a career in art and specifically within the games industry. So I studied at the University of Hertfordshire um, and I eventually went on to have a placement year actually at a company called Rare, which is owned by a at the time, I'm not sure currently, but Microsoft Studios. So it was a big deal for me because I was like, oh, my first job at AAA Game Studios. I was really excited. And <laughs> it gave me actually a really good insight into the game industry. And I got to work on a lot of cool projects like Sea of Thieves and such. So that's kind of where I started, just from, a, um, I guess, a love for what I do, um, which is art. Yeah, Mashallah. And I feel like I should just say, as um, some background information, that my daughter is so invested in this interview <laughs> because she is um, a budding artist. Uh, she loves drawing, and Not right sure. now her her greatest ambition is to work for Pusheen and to be a graphic designer. Looking <laughs> at her Pusheen, yeah, <laughs> Pusheen's great. I love Pusheen. Yeah, she she is very popular at her school for for making little illustrations and giving them out to her friends. <laughs> Mashallah. So some of the questions from our talk are actually going to be coming from her. <laughs> she really likes this one. But um, also curious, so you decided to, and, and like you said, this is a very unusual step. Not a lot of people will, will take this risk that you just said. But to leave science and to leave um, an assured job and to go and study art, um, what made you then decide to study art in the video game industry or to pursue I that think, field? I think specifically why I moved into games um, in terms of art was um, I've always like had this interest of art and I would uh, do traditional paintings and drawings and illustration but on the side I always really enjoyed tech um, actually I kind of enjoyed dabbling with computers and my brother he's actually a software engineer and 
he was kind of really into technology and we used to all play games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat growing up so <laughs> we kind of had that background of like video games and I remember when I was younger actually seeing kind of the making of videos of video how games like Mortal Kombat were made and um, kind of seeing art books and not really realizing that that's actually a career that you can pursue until I actually when I was choosing uh, to transition um, that's where I realized actually a lot of artists that I looked up to were actually illustrators, concept artists or character artists working within games or film like uh, to name drop a few maybe like artists like Feng Zhu actually who uh, were actually masters and, and like Carlo Ortiz later on um, um, these artists really inspired me and kind of shaped my digital work uh, so it kind of made sense almost for me to go in this direction because they're not only from the generic oh I love video games kind of point of view but from an actual technical standpoint I almost was moving in that direction to transition into digital art and I guess the last point to touch on was that the actual main reason why I went into digital art was partly for a financial reason because at the time I could not afford things like oil paints mm. uh, which were actually quite expensive mm. for a young artist and coming from a background which uh, was not so well off um, it was difficult to you know pay for our equipment constantly and to be able to uh, try and I guess make this dream come true and digital art was my way of uh, kind of transitioning into something which was more feasible long term for me and that was actually a more quicker process as well. I really like that. So you, you're pursuing two of your dreams, doing something in video games, doing something in art, but at the same time you're, you have that practical side too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think a, a misconception is a lot of artists uh, uh, tend to, firstly, uh, they don't tend to earn that much money or they don't can't make a living at what they do. And the second misconception is that they're very creative, only creative, and they're not logical or practical. And I think um, that's something that actually needs to change because uh, especially with the uh, invention, obviously, of social media and how big of an impact it has on our lives and how much of an impact technology has on life, I think uh, the kind of what it means to be an artist in, in this day and age has definitely changed. And we need to, artists need to embrace these new technology and use it to their advantage to actually become more marketable in this day and age, I think. Yes, that whole left brain, right brain thing and an artist not being able to do maths or, or anything technical. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you just shut off half of your personality when you start drawing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, there's a time and a place for that, you know. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, so now you're pursuing your dreams. Um, were there any challenges or maybe wake up call moments that uh, made made the, this field that you're pursuing that made it difficult for you? I think a big uh, factor or big uh, challenge would be, has always been for me personally, has been kind of confidence and the imposter syndrome. Feeling like you're not good enough is a big challenge and it still is a struggle for me. But I don't think it's something that fully goes away as an artist or as a creative, I feel like it's something you just learn how to manage as you become more senior and evolve as an artist. Um, I guess another one, which is kind of more uh, relevant to kind of what we're talking about, 
in terms of uh, cultural and kind of diversity and such is there um the kind of obvious factors of like cultural barriers financial barriers and also skill barriers and knowledge barriers so um specifically it's kind of difficult uh at the time when i was younger um to kind of break those misconceptions of what it means to be artist and muslim that the media had uh, kind of portrayed or writing or culture had portrayed and uh, kind of show that actually, no, this is something you could take just as serious as being a doctor, just as serious as being a pharmacist. It's something that should be kind of respected equally because artists essentially shape culture, they shape history to some degree. And so <laughs> that's what I'd say is a, a, a barrier or setback I kind of had to overcome. And as far as a kind of pinnacle moment, I'd say it definitely was the point when I decided to make that hard kind of pivot to uh, from biomed to um, studying games art. That was definitely one of the biggest decisions I made in my life. And I'd say it was one of the best, alhamdulillah, decisions I made that literally changed my life for the better, I'd say. Wow, alhamdulillah, it's one of those watershed moments. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that you were able to make that decision in alignment with what you wanted and your values and what was really important to how you wanted to live your life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess jokingly, I used to uh, um, do, I think I used to do eight hours of like studying and uh, doing lab practicals, going to lectures and stuff. And then I would still have the energy to do like three, four hours of painting like, late at night. I'd be painting, I just have a canvas, I'd start painting like uh, watercolours inspired by Monet, Claude Monet, which is Monet, which is like a uh, impressionist artist. And I would just be really into it, I love it. It was like, it was really, it was just so great, a great thing to have in my life. And I couldn't see myself being me without being an artist. And it was, I guess the back, sorry, back to the, uh, topic of imposter syndrome I, it took me I'd say around 25 26 years to even admit that I was an artist so, really yeah I, I guess it came down to the fact that uh, I was a bit um, kind of feeling like I was not as I said previously good enough or at the skill level to be considered an artist and on top of that the kind of misconceptions of their name or term artist uh, kind of was a scary thought uh, but it's kind of a great feeling to empower yourself and say, yes, I am an artist and this is the work I do and kind of put yourself out there now, I feel. Mm, that is quite interesting. It's striking me that there's this, um, you're caught between two cultural backslashes. So there's the, the lack of diversity in this field of, of people from your similar background who are working, doing the work that you do. But there's also... The, the lack of Muslims who are going into art. And I think there's a religious element in here where a lot of, well, well some Muslims, uh, especially around faces, um, will not see this as like a viable thing to do. Were, were you kind of feeling that caught between those two things? I'd say the honest answer would be yes, definitely. Uh, mm. As far as the religious aspect goes, uh, when I was studying the um, um, games art, and even when I was doing my art foundation year, there was a lot of times where I had to drop out of sessions because I wasn't able or allowed to do it. Specifically when it came to things like figure drawing, which is kind of fundamental when it comes to art. Um, so I have had to have a lot of challenges, but the university has been kind of really supportive in um, allowing me to 
do alternative things like still life drawing and stuff to make up for it. But as far as uh, drawing faces goes, this is a very difficult and tricky uh, topic, of course. Um, it's something, uh, obviously, um, that could be answered best by a scholar or a man that um, not only has experience uh, in terms of his practice uh, religiously, but also in terms of knowledge when it comes to the perspective of an artist. And the one thing I found actually through doing research about uh, drawing faces and such was that uh, there's not enough uh, scholars or uh, you know people um, who are writing about this that have that kind of uh, both dual perspective. I feel like a lot of it is coming from one side, but they're not seeing it in the perspective of the artists themselves or their intentions uh, when they are creating the imagery themselves. What is the reasoning behind it? Um, so there's a bit of, uh, I feel like there needs to be a lot more, how can I say, a lot more research done in that area. And I feel like uh, there are some kind of uh, imams, or not imams, sorry, um, there are some kind of um, scholars that are slowly starting to write about them. I can't name them at the top of my head, but I reached out to a few of them to ask about this topic. And um, they, a lot, one thing they had in common was saying how um, the intention of what you do is really important, that you're not trying to compete with the creator, you know, that you're trying to actually use it as a form to actually be grateful for what the Allah has provided for us and such. Um, that is something very important in what I do as well. Yes, and I, I'm really happy that you are seeking knowledge and, and seeking the advice of people who are giving you these nuanced perspectives. Um, and I think that is such a really important thing is, uh, for anyone who feels like they're being called to something, but for some reason it might be clashing with how they were raised or these perspectives that they were taught when they were growing up to seek knowledge, to seek answers, and to seek knowledge from people of understanding who have open minds. Yeah, definitely. I'd say as well, to add to that, do your own research and look beyond what is said to you immediately. Find people of different perspectives as well. People with knowledge, of course, but also people with lived experience or some kind of empathy or sympathy for the people who are on the other side so that you can get a broad and open-minded perspective of this the kind of question you have. I think that's really important. I do feel like I'm still on that journey when it comes to discovering myself as an artist and the spiritual Islamic side of point of view. And I do feel like as I gain more knowledge that will shift my direction, I'm kind of looking towards moving towards a senior and hopefully one day, inshallah, lead in an art director role, partly because I want to be a bit hands-off with the uh, art creation process and become more of a manager. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, um, it's always between the person who's doing it and Allah. So I think right, our relationship, exactly. like in Islam, it, it's always our connection with God. And it's what, and I think that relationship and how we rise to it and the actions that we choose to do it's always in flux it's always something that is changing and we're always building our character into something that's going to be closer that's going to be more pure and have this loving connection with our lord inshallah um and that's not something that other people can comment on that journey it's very yeah. personal it's definitely i agree with you there yeah I feel like I, I might have um, put you in a hard spot with those questions. So. No, <laughs> I I, it's a very fair question, to be honest. 
I've had that asked to me quite a lot, but I feel like you've uh, worded it in a very eloquent way. So okay, hopefully I wasn't being uh, too harsh there. <laughs> but no, let's okay. let's pivot. Let's talk about your your actual job. Um, so what is like a typical day for a character artist? What's like your workflow like? What's your favorite part of your job? I'd say to start off with, uh, what's my kind of favorite part of my job? I would say nowadays it's more about kind of having autonomy and flexibility over the work I create and the projects I'm doing, um, kind of, um, being part of uh, projects that kind of inspire people and have an impact, but also helping inspire artists and um, kind of help them technically grow is something I really enjoy doing nowadays um, and speaking about topics of diversity and what we could do uh, as an industry to help uh, grow but in addition to this I think um, I've always loved creating kind of impactful immersive and meaningful visual experiences and by that I mean kind of going beyond the 2D space and creating uh, almost like a experiences rather than single images uh, I think that's what kind of drew me into games as well um, I feel like um, experiences are kind of really important um, being able to kind of go into worlds and kind of have uh, a view a different perspective or view of a scenario or uh, culture is kind of really interesting to me uh, kind of getting better at this craft as well and developing the skills to become a better artist just like you would to become a a doctor or pharmacist is what I really enjoy. I wanted to touch back on what you were saying about teaching and mentoring young artists and helping them refine their craft. Uh, just when I was doing that initial research on you, I think that became really apparent in how you're a judge of these competitions, you're mentoring, you're giving critiques on people's porf- uh, portfolios. Um, am I right in saying that's something that's a big motivation for you, it's teaching? Yeah, I would say one thing I would say definitely sharing knowledge and inspiring others is a big part of what I do. I think I've always been that way. Even when I was studying uh, science, I've always kind of had that need to kind of share knowledge or to also like um, study and to gain knowledge and um, kind of pass that on. I felt like that was really important in the learning process. So um, I guess uh, also making an impact in someone's life has always been important to me as an artist. So it's kind of the marriage of the two. Yeah, I like that, how you're you're thinking about this impact and the immersion in how people are experiencing art and how people are creating art. So on all of these sides, it sounds like you're very, very motivated by the people, which is making sense why you would want to go higher up into the management side of things. Yeah, definitely. I guess uh, I guess the more senior, the more up you go, the more you realise that, um, ironic as it sounds, it becomes less about the work, the art and the work, and more about what it does for people. And I guess uh, art can be a beautiful thing, but sometimes you can argue and say it could be kind of a selfish thing, because um, some people would argue and say, because you're creating this art for yourself and you know, you're not sharing it with the world, or if you do share it with the world, it's for some form of gratification or to kind of put your message out there. But I feel it could art can be really used as a tool to help people and to heal people and to make uh, changes in the lives of people. I mean, when it comes to video games, um, as much of a stigma as it has, it's also brought uh, communities together. It's also brought people and players together, and has uh, also kind of changed the perception of 
what it means to kind of experience visual media in general. It's definitely had a huge impact in my life, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and ours as well. You know, just over the lockdown, um, we've been playing so many more video games than normal, and I've just seen the huge influence that's happening in our family in the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, it definitely like can. It's like um, I think with games, it's like any other media or tool. It can be used in a way to harm people, but it can be used in a way to also benefit. I mean, you can learn about history, science, art, philosophy, and so many other things just through playing games. Uh, and I feel like the interactive nature of it kind of uh, challenges you cognitively, depending on the type of games you play. Uh, um, I almost feel as though video games can, in itself, is a kind of an art form, and the creation and the hard work and dedication that goes into it is uh, it's a science of its own, definitely, I would say. Yes, I actually, I completely agree. Um, one of the ways that I found you, actually, I was doing research for a project at work where we're trying to build this interactive platform. And one of the ways we were learning how to do that was we were watching, um, we're trying, we were studying from game design and how you storyboard these things and what lessons we could take from that. And that's, I found your um, webinar through that initial research. That was a funny oh, little... that's really great, Marshall. <laughs> funny little that's convergence great. of these different interests, subhanAllah. But I came away with this massive respect because I hadn't really thought that much about um, the, the massive amount of work that goes on behind these games, um, and especially in that immersive aspect like you're talking about, the, the characters, the, the environments, and the stories that all work together harmoniously to create this experience that, um, that you could spend hours and just lose, lose yourself completely in it, subhanAllah. So massive respect. I would, yeah, I would say definitely. Yeah. It is uh, a huge amount of work, I would say. Definitely a team effort. Um, in regard to like uh, kind of the different elements that make up a game and disciplines, I guess um, it's kind of crazy how <laughs> games can even be produced in uh, three to four years, considering the amount of um, kind of teamwork that's involved and kind of coordination. So it's kind of amazing to see kind of the uh, evolution of video games and how the the production's value is getting higher and higher, expectation on artists is getting higher and the uh, standards are growing you know it's coming like from being something a developer would make in their bedroom to being a full-scale production almost completable to film at this point yes 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 and i think with that there's a, a negative side too that there's um i think this industry has a reputation of using lots of contract-based work so it's long hours the turnover rate is really high um so have you have you experienced those negative side of that high demand, high workload, the punishing workload? I would say that's kind of a yes and a no. Um, like as far as like uh, high turnover turnover rates, uh, when it comes to video games, the turnover rates have always like have really kind of improved over the years, and the working conditions have became uh, better as far as like having benefits and such as long holidays and social events and healthcare. But there's also been like charities and organisations trying to support issues like mental health and minorities, such as one I'm part of called BAME, which is for uh, ethnic minorities. Uh, it's a really good one, actually, uh, within the game industry. And uh, this kind of helped to reduce kind of 
the level of uh, churn uh, over and burnout, but that's not to say that it's still quite significant within our industry. I mean, uh, most quite a lot of people, they tend to leave the industry around two to three years of their career, and five years is considered like uh, five, six years or so. It's considered a, a veteran, according to some of uh, my uh, colleagues and such. Um, I would say, really like, high. <laughs> it's kind of surprising how a veteran level you can reach only in, like, five to six years. It's very, very surprising. But I would say, like, um, the last point I want to touch on was that um, some of these issues actually they kind of stem from this the earlier stages of the project, I would say, like, specifically when it comes to uh, blocking out time budgets um, and uh, the fact that game development is so dynamic uh, as a kind of path that to pursue and uh, the fact that things constantly change the work sometimes falls back to later stages of the project but um, that doesn't mean that like things like uh, expectation boundaries should actually be drawn between the developers and management in order to ensure better working conditions and also like to push uh, we should have a push in kind of the development of unions in the industry in order to kind of protect the artists and developers um, um, to create better work so that they live a more healthier lifestyle as well. What I've learned uh, recently, actually in the recent years, is that it's all about taking care of your health, like mentally, physically and spiritually, in order to even do the work in the first place. Um, that's, I'd say, is really important and something that is uh, somewhat neglected but is improving, I'd say, definitely is starting to improve. Unfortunately, there are some kind of hiccups and uh, issues uh, kind of getting in the way, but I feel like there's an overall improvement. Mm. I'm happy to hear that. I also wanted to ask alongside that, we're talking about workers getting exploited, um, working this long hours, burnout. Uh, what about the diversity question? So it, there is a reputation that the video game industry isn't very diverse. Uh, what kind of challenges did you yourself face as a woman of color, a Muslim woman of color, going into this industry? Um, I'd say definitely the challenges I've had was always at the earlier stages of my career, actually, surprisingly. Like through studying, through wanting to become an artist and then studying art, specifically for games and then the earlier stages of uh getting my first few jobs that I, I would say that was the trickiest part and uh specifically when it comes to kind of being a woman of color and um being in the game industry and an artist as well um I'd say definitely uh when uh, I was studying it was kind of tricky to kind of navigate kind of the social kind of political kind of boundaries or kind of uh, clicks, I guess you can say. Um, you know, there was times where it was really difficult. I can't deny that. There was times where I felt kind of alienated from my uh, fellow classmates, um, and I felt like it was hard to relate to them sometimes because the issues I was going through were uh, kind of really alien to what they were going through, and uh, um, kind of a lot of them were a little more privileged in the sense that they were able to uh, have a lot of support in what they were doing. I, w I wouldn't say that is uh, the case for me now. I'd say I definitely have a lot of support, mashallah, alhamdulillah. And, you know, I'm really grateful for that. But I'd say uh, definitely trying to establish myself has been, was always the tricky part. And then it's the, the second part where it's like you want to respect kind of your culture, your religion, 
and where you came from and also create the best work you want to do um, and create a work that is kind of surpassing the expectations of what society sees you as and that has always been a challenge I'd say. Yeah so as this our conversation has gone on we keep coming back to this time period where you make that initial decision to go into studying art, going into digital art, and the challenges are just hitting you right away. Um, so now I'm really curious, did did your faith or what what helped you to get through that, um, to, to be confident that this is what you want to do and to push past all that resistance that you experienced? I would say definitely it's been my faith. Like uh, even now facing challenges it's always been subhanallah it's always been allah that i felt and strongly guiding me to where i've been um, mm. you know um i feel as though like a lot of the decisions i made in my life uh, like i would go do stuff out and make the one and such but i almost felt like as well that i was being guided strongly obviously <laughs> by allah subhanallah and you know and i I'm kind of humbled by that fact. I feel I feel everybody's on their journey trying to find out who they are as a person and what drives and motivates them as well as what inspires them. And it almost, how can I say, it almost came natural to me to go in this direction, even though I did everything in my path to resist it because of a kind of social, kind of uh, financial and uh, different expectations I put on me. Um, I did everything I could. I literally <laughs> denied myself, denied, I kind of can say it kind of openly, I kind of denied myself as an artist to kind of follow the kind of norms um, that were placed. But then as I grew older, I realized that actually this is kind of where my life is going naturally. This is kind of, this is kind of me, I guess. And it's kind of hard to own up to that um, sometimes, I'd say. So, uh, subhanAllah, I felt like it was natural, I guess. Mm, subhanAllah, that feels so beautiful that we it's we can get closer to Allah by being more true to who we are, because that's how he created us. Exactly. So, when we accept ourselves the way that we were made, that, that brings us naturally closer to Allah. We are following the path that has been intended for us. Yeah, definitely, I'd say, and that's kind of where it comes... Um, in terms of like things like being grateful and like I would say I was always grateful to Allah for you know taking me from this dark place into the light and change essentially changing my life art has always played a big part in my health as well and and also like being able to have something to channel your energy into when you're growing up from a background that may not be fully represented or a background where financially is kind of challenging there's always been you know, uh, great. It's kind of like the story of the underdog that kind of you know started from the bottom, and then wanted to kind of have to prove theirself to everybody, and then become something, and then faces the challenge of uh, success and how to manage success and uh, the kind of uh, ebbs and flows of career as it goes up and down, and kind of. Um, um, but that's another topic I'd say is like success and <laughs> success and how that changes you and such um, for another day. Yeah, let's keep this in scope. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So what is something that you're most proud of? This can be in your career or personally, but what's something that you did that's really special to you and why is it so important? I'd say I have, it's hard to say, but there's been a few things I've been kind of proud of. Um, one of them was uh, kind of um, in university, we did this kind of games project and um, it was like the first kind of game projects I've ever done with a team of like three other people, like two, one programmer, one tech artist and another artist. And um, it kind of opened my eyes up to instead of uh, focusing mainly on specializing, but to also kind of consider things like, uh, you know, managing and mentoring and art direction. But we also like won quite a lot of awards for that and it had good reception online. Um, um, and it was, uh, we considered actually making it into a proper game, but then, mashallah, alhamdulillah, we all actually managed to get jobs in the industry, like really good jobs. Uh, mashallah. So it's kind of a, a toss-up between do you want to develop this game or do you want to actually work in the industry? And I felt like we were quite young, so we decided to take on the jobs. But um, it's always been something that I've kind of looked with fond memories, I'd say. Oh, that's very nice, mashallah. And always good to get validated by awards as well. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. <laughs> Um, what's something in your journey that you regret or you wish you might have done differently? I would say as far as regrets, uh, as cheesy as it sounds, um, I don't really have any major regrets. I would say like, uh, I feel like everything I've done in my life, like I kind of mentioned previously, is kind of guided or shaped who I am and it's kind of happened naturally for me. But I would say maybe not to not be afraid uh, to kind of study and investigate further in terms of the fundamentals of art and um, kind of push my kind of uncertainty away and kind of just get on and study uh, with B1 and perhaps maybe even going to atelier or something more traditional to study for a year before university just to get more fundamental knowledge because that really shapes uh, your skill set and really makes you a better artist I'd say. Definitely. Uh, and what is something or someone in your tech journey that you're grateful for? Um, I would say I'm really grateful for, uh, first and foremost, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I would say uh, also I'm grateful for my family and my friends and mentors, like my younger sister as well, um, who would always give me feedback, uh, yeah. quite critical, but very useful feedback, and my brother as well. And um, and I'd say mentors, um, like uh, you know, I did many various mentorships and such. And I guess um, most of the people, they know who they are. So, But um, I'm very grateful to a lot of people. I feel like uh, there's been a lot of people who have helped shape my journey. Teachers, mentors, and friends and family, I'd say. Marshall, you can always come and your sister to give you critical feedback. Huh? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Uh, and uh, what's any last words of advice that you'd like to share today? My kind of biggest uh, advice I'd give to a young artist would be to not be afraid to be explore the kind of different paths you want to go into. And once you find, figure out what you want to do, uh, try and figure out relatively early on, then go full out on it. You know, don't be afraid to study really hard, put in hours and 
Of course, then I would say as well with the caveat that um, try and not neglect your health and uh, um, also see how you can use what Allah has given you, mashallah and subhanAllah, Allah has given you, and figure out a way to uh, make so, a positive change in the world. That's what I'd say my advice would be. MashaAllah. Perfect. Thank you so much for doing this and for talking to us. And um, I really enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> MashaAllah. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great, actually. Yeah. And if someone wanted to follow you and see your work, where can they go? Um, in terms of social media, I would say first and foremost, it would be my art station. So my art station is uh, artstation.com slash pixel. That's for my portfolio. And then I'm available on LinkedIn at um, Zakia Abdullah and then on Twitter at Zakia Abdullah 6. I couldn't get my full name as the Twitter handle, so I had to add 6 at the end. That's okay. I have a 1 instead of an I in my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, alhamdulillah, we'll have the links for that in the show notes as well. And uh, and yeah, thank you so much again. Assalamualaikum, Zakia. I hope you like that story as much as I did. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to it. Please consider following us and leaving a review if you like this episode. That really helps us a lot. And if you're a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and join our community. It's free. It's fun. It's supportive. It's a great time. That's all for me. Assalamualaikum. Mm-hmm.